Peace be with you. Clowns to the left of me and jokers to the right, here I am stuck in the middle with you. This is how Jesus must have felt when the Pharisees and the Herodians surrounded him in today's gospel. Today, the Pharisees once again send their minions to try to trap Jesus. The Pharisees didn't care much for Jesus. They were advocates of a strict interpretation of the Old Testament law, especially when dealing with ritual purity. Jesus does not repudiate the law, but rather he teaches a different approach to it. Jesus viewed the Jewish law as a way of living in friendship with God, and he offered clarity on how to interpret the rules. He offered a way of life that is a relationship with God that he characterizes as the kingdom of God. The Pharisees kept coming at him with scenarios meant to force Jesus into taking sides between their way of interpreting the law and the approach that Jesus taught. They concocted questions that attempted to make Jesus repudiate the law of the Old Testament or to otherwise separate him from the teachings of the Pharisees so that then they could discredit him. Today, they teamed up with the Herodians. Well, the Herodians were those who were loyal to King Herod. And since Herod was the figurehead king for the Roman government in the area, the Herodians were the pro-Roman government establishment. The Pharisees send their representatives, along with the Herodians, to ask Jesus about the legitimacy of the census tax paid to Rome. And they think that they have set a perfect trap. If Jesus says the tax is legitimate, he will be seen as advocating for the rule of the Romans, which many of his supporters opposed. If Jesus says the tax is not legitimate, then the Herodians will have their proof that he is a rebel. He is an enemy of the Roman government. You can imagine how Jesus must have felt. On one side, I have these clowns who keep missing my message. And on the other side, I have these jokers who are concerned about collecting taxes. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with my disciples. Well, Jesus was wise to their strategy. And instead of satisfying either side, he gives one of the best one-liners in history. Repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. This verse in the Bible is to this day interpreted as meaning that we have, as citizens, a duty to follow the legitimate laws of government. We have a duty to pay our taxes. We have a duty to stop at stop signs. In short, we submit to civil authority when government exercises its authority in secular manners for the common good. Now, I often quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and I know you probably don't just read it, the Catechism each day for enjoyment, but I still encourage you to from time to time, look at it for matters of guidance on how to live out your faith. For example, today's topic, the legitimate role of government, the Catechism says, 
It is the duty of citizens to contribute along with the civil authorities to the good of society in a spirit of truth, justice, solidarity, and freedom. So the catechism is saying, yes, we have a duty to pay our taxes. We have a duty to follow the legitimate laws that promote the common good. It also goes on to say we should be involved in our government. We should fulfill useful roles in politics. Now, this is not saying that we all have to run for county commissioner or that we all have to strive to become a Supreme Court justice. And as a little aside, I hope that you will pray with me for the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. And I also hope you'll join me in praying for those who have criticized her and her family and her Catholic faith. Now, I mentioned voting. Participation in the process of voting means that we vote with a Catholic conscience. I would encourage you to check out the website of our archdiocese on what this means. You can go to archdan.org. If you look at the front page of this website, there's a link to a letter from our Archbishop Aquila where he talks about the voting decisions we have currently in front of us. There's also an article that gives you more detail on Proposition 115. And there's a third link to the Denver Catholic Magazine. These are all sources you can trust for reliable information about the issues we face on this ballot. We're encouraged by the church and our leadership to comply with and participate in government. That does not mean that we do not oppose laws or try to change the laws that are immoral. There's a second part to the instructions that Jesus gives us today. I, again, I turn to the Catechism for guidance. Paragraph 2242 says, The citizen is obliged in conscience not to follow the directives of civil authorities when they are contrary to the demands of the moral order or to the fundamental rights of persons or to the teachings of the gospel. Refusing obedience to civil authorities when their demands are contrary to those of an upright conscience is justified by what Jesus tells us today. Render, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And this paragraph in the Catechism ends with the words of Peter when the apostles were on trial in front of the high priest. In Acts chapter 5, Peter says, we must obey God rather than men. There are times when we must disobey our government. The Catechism even goes on to describe that when all other means have been exhausted, violence may be legitimate. Of course, we know from the example of many of our saints that nonviolent means are usually more effective. As an example, Pope St. John Paul II was instrumental in overthrowing a repressive socialist democratic government known as the Soviet Union.
In the United States, we're fortunate. We've never had to endure the hardships of a government that has gone to these extremes to be repressive of our freedom of religion and our other fundamental rights. But we cannot assume this will always be the case. If we are not willing to fight unjust laws and to support laws that are based on morality and Christian values, then we too will see our government become more secular, more atheistic, more and more based on relativism and more restrictive of our religious freedoms. We're already headed down that slippery slope. The anti-Catholic prejudice as displayed by certain members of our Congress, certain political platforms, and certain speeches of our candidates should be a warning to us. I'd like to share one last thought. We have to be careful about this. The Pharisees were religious leaders who sought to destroy Jesus but they claim to be pious and holy. And I'm not so arrogant to think that I alone can decide when specific laws or actions of the government are immoral. There are often good or, and bad consequences to any government law. And so I'm, I have to trust someone. And today, it's confusing as to who exactly speaks for the church. So I would suggest to you that one way of judging a source is that if it seeks to discredit our church in general, or our pope, or our archbishop, we need to be concerned. Or if that same source is paraphrasing or taking out of context our words of our pope or other leaders of the church, we need to be concerned. These people are not the legitimate voices of our church leadership. Our archbishop recommends that we pay attention to EWTN, to the National Catholic Register, and to what is in the Denver Catholic Magazine. And I've found these sources to be very balanced and objective in their coverage of world and national events. And they're very much in line with the teachings of the gospel. No source is perfect, but these are better than most. Today, Jesus was asked to decide between supporting the ruling powers of the day or being a rebel. He chose to do neither, but to encourage all of us to do both to the extent warranted. This is our charge today, to navigate the path of morality and obedience of citizenship in both our worldly community and in the kingdom of God. May God be the ultimate guide for our actions.